Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Do you wish you could find an educational podcast that your kids actually want to listen to and you enjoy too? Well, you're in luck. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math, is a weekly show full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. We listened to a few episodes, and not only did our daughter want to listen to more next time we're in the car, I found myself chuckling too. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. You're transported to moments in ancient history like Pythagoras' ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. Plus, they do a great job of teaching math theory without it being boring, complicated, or overly childish. And that can't be easy, but it's not really a surprise considering Mysteries About True Histories is from the creators of the hit podcast Who Smarted, Brain Games on Nat Geo and Disney+, and Brainchild on Netflix. Episodes drop every Thursday, and since they are about 15 minutes, they are the perfect length for kids ages 6 and up. Turn your next car ride, break time, or bedtime into math time with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 101. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Emma Krebs, someone who always described herself as curious and who now has turned that curiosity into her career. Emma provides us a fresh perspective on minimalism today, as she is in a different life stage than I am. And I really enjoyed chatting about the earlier stages of a minimalist's journey. I think you'll really enjoy it too. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. We have another guest episode for you today, and I feel like I have a bit of a non-themed theme going on these days. Learning from different types of people, living in different places, trying different things has always been something I've loved, and so we're kind of continuing with that today. But before I get into it, I want to start a little housekeeping. I want to say a big thank you to everyone who joined us on the giveaway for my 100th episode last week. We have a winner, so congratulations to Stacy, who will be receiving that $25 gift card to Starbucks, my home systems power pack, and lifetime access to Tidy Home Academy. Yay, I love giving away free, clutter-free stuff. So, you know, if you missed out on this giveaway, no worries. I am definitely planning to do more of them in the future, so be sure that you are following me on Instagram. I am wannabe clutter free on all the social channels now, and that way you will not miss out on the next one. Okay, with that out of the way, let's talk about today's show. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, chatting with Emma reminded me of the earlier days of my minimalist journey before I became a mom and during the period of our lives when we were traveling a lot more. There is a lot of freedom from that time, and I think that that freedom was one of the biggest draws for me to minimalism. We get into that a bit in our conversation, and I really enjoyed hearing her perspective on it. Emma Krebs is an innately curious person. Her passion for connecting with others on a deeper level was the catalyst for the creation of her own podcast, The Curious One. 
Since starting her podcast, she's been able to make pivots within her career to help other creators in the social media and podcasting space share their stories. Because she has her own podcast, I actually started our chat asking a lot about that because I think it's a super interesting show. If you're not interested in our chat about the podcast and what it, you know, how she started it and why she started it, well, go ahead and skip forward to about 10 minutes into the interview when we start talking more about minimalism and decluttering. But really, you should listen to it all and then just check out some of her episodes because she's a pretty cool cat. All right. Give today's episode a listen, and when you're done, head over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 101 to get the show notes for today's episode with links to Emma's website and the resources we discuss. Again, you can find it all at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 101. All right, now let's get to our conversation. Well, hi, Emma. Welcome to the Wannabe Minimalist Show. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I am thrilled to have you today. So I know I normally talk about decluttering and organizing our homes. And the reason I wanted to have you on today was because I think it's really important that we get clear on why we want to declutter our homes or why we want to have an organized home. And a lot of that starts with just being honest with ourselves and looking at our lives through maybe this lens of curiosity. And that is what you talk about on your show. So um, I'm really excited to dive deeper into that today. So for my listeners who have not heard of you before, can you please tell us about yourself and what led you to your journey of curiosity? Yeah. Um, So my name's Emma Krebs. I struggle with this. It's the simplest question, but it's the hardest question, right? I describe myself. I'm an innately curious person. It's just who I am. I'm super passionate about connecting with other people, especially like like like-minded people where like, especially you straight off the hop, we have this similar value of minimalism. So super excited to talk to you more. I run a show called The Curious One. So it's a space for me to have deeper, more meaningful conversations with others with the intention of broadening my my perspective. So that's a little bit about me. But yeah, it's a difficult question. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's difficult because there's so many different answers, right? And you're trying Mm -hmm. to be concise. So I totally get that. Yeah. What made you want to start a podcast? Ooh, the very first podcast I ever listened to was The Minimalist Podcast. Um, I had found their podcast after watching the documentary. And I began to be exposed to different perspectives, ideas that I was not exposed to at the time in my circles that I hung out in and the environments that I existed in in real life. So it was kind of like this alternative space that I was existing in by myself, listening to all these podcasts, hearing people talk about all different things um, around minimalism and also different ideas around relationships and just ways of living. I began to like dive more into podcasts and I gained so much value from the medium. And I always kind of knew I wanted to do something creative. I I wouldn't have used the word at the time, but now looking back, that that is what it is. It's a creative outlet. And um, honestly, I sat on the idea for so long, but my partner really pushed me to really explore my curiosity and begin creating a podcast. So in January of 2020, I created the curious one and honestly, a huge inspiration, especially at the beginning around like the structure of my show, because I was so overwhelmed by creating a podcast because I knew nothing about the medium. So I took a lot of inspiration from the minimalist podcast and the structure at the time. And then as time has kind of progressed, I've really feel as though it's made me into who I am today and led me down so many paths, both 
in the podcasting space, but in my relationships in real life, within my career, like mentorships and just brought so many opportunities to my life. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey. Oh, I love it. I love journeys. Life is a journey. I mean, I think yeah. that's one of the things that I, you know, aspire to as well, because I always tell people that if we're not learning, I mean, what is the point? You're kind of dying. You're mm-hmm. kind of just mm-hmm. stuck. And so mm-hmm. I do feel like learning is one of the just easiest ways to get out of a funk, right? If you just kind of have that little spark of curiosity, and I know we are in completely different life stages. I am a mom. And, you know, so a lot of my curiosity comes from like, just looking at how the perspective that my daughter sees the world through, but Mm. I do think it does help when you kind of look at different perspectives. And so you have so many different guests on your show, so many different, you know, personalities and life journeys. And it's a really fascinating look. If you, as I looked through kind of your podcast episode, um, library, I guess is the right word to use. Do you have a favorite podcast that sticks out to you? One of your episodes and maybe why might that be? Sorry, that's kind of a loaded question. It doesn't have no, to be it's the favorite, <laughs> just one of your favorites. So yes. Yeah. Some that stand out is number 50 was Colin Wright. I'm sure mm-hmm. um, you and, and maybe some of your listeners would be familiar with him. It was just kind of like a moment within my like personal journey. The fact that I was able to have that opportunity to speak with him like at that time, you know what I mean? Kind of at the beginning, because he was someone that like, I often, when I first started my podcast, I was like, oh, it would be so cool to talk to Colin Wright one day. And then I did speak with him. But another really valuable conversation I had was with my friend, Christoph. I always crush his last name. If he heard this, he'd laugh. Zanchek, he has um, dwarfism. And so we had a really interesting conversation around individual disabilities. And, um, he ended up becoming like one of my friends in real life. We didn't know each other before the show and just hearing his perspective was really eye-opening. I just felt really privileged that I was able to have that conversation with him. And then probably the last one is I had a conversation with Becca Shern and another person people might know that listened to your show. The reason it meant so much is because Becca's obviously really cool. Again, she's a friend in real life now, but We talked about a topic that I'm realizing more and more I really enjoy talking about, which is relationships and specifically like love and and partnership. Mm -hmm. So that was another really, really cool conversation to have because her and I, I think, have a similarity of how we view relationships might not be as mainstream. So it was cool to kind of like get into it with her um, in that conversation. Interesting. I'll have to check them out. Yeah, that one in particular. So I feel like my thoughts on relationship are probably fairly mainstream as I am with, you know, a very traditional uh, relationship with one kiddo, but uh, you know, who knows? I, I think it's really interesting to see other perspectives and just because other people, again, just because other people see things one way does not mean that's how you have to see it. Mm -hmm. I mean, and nor do you have to try to get people to see things, how you see them. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's also one of the interesting things in life is like, We can see things through our own lens and all of the things that have contributed to how we were raised, where we were raised, you know, the different life perspectives we've had, the different, you know, where we went to school, if we went to school, you know, if we went to post-grad, all of that kind of stuff really puts these different lenses. I, I feel like I'm always at the optometrist, right? Like, and they're always like lens one 
or lens two, and they're putting those little, you know, things in front of you. And it's like, you kind of have to try on all these different little things. I feel like as you go through life to find the one that you're finally Mm -hmm. like, click, it clicks. And I think that's one of the reasons I want people to let go of all this crap that they have in their lives, because it holds you back. You, you end up getting stuck in it, right? You feel like, oh, but I have this thing or I have that thing or that thing was my thing. Or, you mm-hmm. know, like I, I'm a crafter or I'm, you know, I'm a paddleboarder. Or I'm a this or that you can have also all these different little parts of your personality that lead together, but you don't necessarily need to have five paddleboards in your garage, or, you know, you don't have to have leather crafts and paper crafts and, you know, all those things. I'm just trying to think of the like the, <laughs> the examples I picked out randomly from my head that would go together, <laughs> that would make more sense, right? You can say, okay, I want to try this thing. And then if I try it on and it doesn't fit, mm-hmm. let it go. Don't, don't feel bad about the fact that you tried it on and it didn't fit. And then don't feel like you have to hold on to it. If you're like, but I, well, maybe I'll try it again. Well, then if you try it again, then get the stuff again, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's no big deal in life. So This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the Active Skin Repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair. And to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. I I love that. Honestly, I feel as though like the ways that I figured out the things that like are the clearest to me or like that the mean the mean the most to me or were the were the best decisions for me in the long term often were results of making decisions and figuring out the things that 
I didn't like. You know what mm. I mean? It was like putting mm-hmm. myself in situations yes. to realize, okay, I don't like this. What do I not like about it? And then moving forward from there, like that has been the best life lesson. So it's like, I don't believe in failure. We were talking earlier yeah. about like a perceived failure. And it's like, it probably, these, these experiences often like catapult you, you, you yes. go even further towards like where you're meant to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yes. I would much rather right? The, the whole quote or the idea of like, I would much rather when I'm on my deathbed, think about like, oh, well, you know, that was a fun adventure versus like regretting the things I never Mm. did. Right. Mm. Even if you're like, oh, even if you cringe a little bit at some of the things you did, those (laughs) things become some of the funnest things, right? We talk about like travel stories. We were talking a little bit about travel before we started. And when you have travel stories, you know, when you have those hardships in the moment, you're like, oh oh my gosh, why am I dealing with this? Or like, this is really tough. But those are the things you end up talking about later with your friends Mm -hmm. and your family. Those are the stories you come back to because when everything in life is hunky dory, I mean, how old is that comment? Sorry. (laughs) Um, when everything is just like, great you then are just kind of like, eh, my husband calls this vegetable lasagna. Like you're just, it's good, but it's not maybe fantastic. Right. It, it's good. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll have vegetables on you. It's good. It's a fill. It's filling. It's satisfying. It tastes good. It's, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but I don't want a life of vegetable lasagna moments. I want a life of like, just vibrancy and fun and vibrant doesn't have to be bold colors. I mean, you're sitting here looking at my house, it's quite white and gray and, you know, green plant, but, but just of life, just the verve of life. I want it to be fun and exciting. And I want to wake up and be like thrilled to get out of bed that day. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to go through life. And when I'm tired, be like, oh yeah, I'm tired because I had a good day yesterday. Not because Mm -hmm. I'm just worn down with everything. And I, feel like kind of that minimalism thing that we, you know, that, that thread that links us, you know, kind of is that idea of like, yeah, if I let go of the stuff that doesn't matter, I have more space for that fun stuff that really does, that does light me up. Let's get into like your message of curiosity. Like, what are you hoping will happen? Like all your big dreams come true. How are you hoping your message of curiosity will change the world? Ooh, good question. I honestly feel as though through having these conversations, I'm the same as you. Like, I don't want to tell someone how to live their life or be like, this is the best way to go about it. But I do just hope maybe through me asking questions to my guests. Um, and also like, I ask myself a lot of questions on the show and I yeah. have had some pretty vulnerable episodes that to this day, I'm like, I can't believe I shared that publicly. I can't, I can't re-listen to that or can't believe my mom listened to that. So, but I just hope through the vulnerability, which I, I think is a part of curiosity, people can begin to maybe getting curious about their own lives. And maybe it's curious about the way that they live, the routines that they have, the habits that they partake in. And Beyond that, what I think is actually more important and what I think was the moment when curiosity really took a whole new meaning and had a greater impact on my life was when I began to get curious internally about my mind, Mm. about my thoughts, about the narratives that I was at that time choosing to cling to, as we were talking about earlier. And I really... I think I'm so passionate about curiosity because of the impact it's clearly had on my life, but I use it and I often like say that I I view it as a as a neutral emotion because for so long I think I would 
maybe feel a feeling or like have a thought pattern and really um, view it black or white, negative or positive or like productive or unproductive. Whereas once I started to take curiosity that I was like implementing in the exterior world about like the world or like diets or ways of living, whatever, and being like, okay, let me get curious about me. Like, who am I? And when these thoughts and these emotions would come up inside me, just kind of like remaining neutral and just Mm -hmm. viewing and observing that was a really pivotal time in my life. And, and that really began to happen, like, as everyone says, like in COVID, mm-hmm. um, the curiosity definitely moved beyond the outside world and, and began to shift internally for me. Interesting. So, so yeah, I just hope That's maybe in the podcast will inspire, um, listeners to begin getting curious. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. So we talked about minimalism. Would you classify mm-hmm. yourself as a minimalist and what does that mean for you? I think I would have in the past, but kind of with this thread of, I really trying to move away from like labels and things yeah. like that. If I was to maybe use a word, I would say intentional. I, I want to live an intentional yeah. life. And so, as you know, like that goes beyond it. The things are like the last on the list, you know, it's more like my time, my energy, my intention, the work I'm doing. Um, so yeah, that's my answer. I struggle <laughs> with that one too. It's like, in some ways I totally feel 100% committed to being a minimalist. And in other ways, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know. So I definitely feel not like a fraud, but I definitely feel a little just like, I don't know. I guess the great thing about minimalism is is it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And as long as I am culling, right. Or like scaling back on things and not like, and, and thinking about it and being intentional about it, that I do feel like leads me to the right place. So I know mm-hmm. that's a tough question for me too, but it is, I use it often because I find like language is important. And yes. so I think people understand that better, especially with like the whole movement becoming more predominant now. So like to maybe a stranger, I would say like, I'm a minimalist X, Y, Z Yeah, because yeah, I do live a weird life. And so (laughs) (laughs) I do find that using the term minimalism, it's more like people can understand it better without me having to get into my life story. Right. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) All right. Well, what tips would you have for anyone starting out on this journey of living with less? Mm, I'm just thinking about like the beginning Sometimes I I have conversations with people and I'm like, they, they probably think that I like have this whole agenda and I don't, but I'm going to say like, get curious. I'm (laughs) thinking the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Makes sense. Um, Like just, you can get curious in a very like light hearted way. And that would be another thing too, is I don't know about other people, but for me, I I can be pretty hard on myself and I think everyone can. We're our own. Yeah. Our own biggest (laughs) critic. So rather than being like, why do I have all this stuff? Be like, huh, interesting. Like I have all this stuff. I wonder why I thought that I needed 20 paddle boards (laughs) and then being like, you know what I mean? And just kind of going from there and just being really inquisitive and lighthearted because as you've probably experienced too with your journey, as you remove the things, so many internal thoughts come up and, um, so much of your life changes uh, internally, I found at least once I started to remove the items from my life, but it's such a liberating thing and just keep going. And if you yeah. need resources, there are so many out there. There's so many communities out there for support because it's hard to do it alone. Yeah. No, I yeah. love that. I love how you framed that, right? Instead of like, oh, got all this stuff, right? What's the positive? Huh? Why do I have this stuff? You know, mm-hmm. what was it that 
what was I feeling when I bought that particular Mm -hmm. thing? Or was I with somebody when I bought that thing? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, what did, what was I hoping would happen when I bought that thing? And, Mm -hmm. oh, that's a great way to look at it versus like, (laughs) why is this Mm -hmm. closet full? Why can't I shut this door? You know, that kind of stuff. So (laughs) love that. That was really great. Okay. So I get asked a lot about sentimental clutter. Mm. Have you had to deal with much sentimental clutter in your life and how have you dealt with it? What are, what worked for you? If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I honestly want to talk about like what didn't work for me. Uh-huh, and maybe good. Learn yeah. from that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say I've dealt with it on a large scale, whereas I hear a lot of people talk about like, oh, I had a family member die and like I have their whole estate now. Right. Oh, gosh, um, yes. I've, I haven't, I haven't nav- navigated that yet, but in regards to the sentimental items, uh, one thing that I did was, so when I first started on my minimalist journey, I remember I went away and I, I just tried it out. So like, I kind of removed myself from, from the situation. I left all my stuff with my mom at the time. Like I could leave it at her house and I just had a carry on. And I lived like that for about like nearly a year. And then I came back to her house and I was like, okay, I've realized I don't need any of this stuff. I have less than 10% of what I own and I'm doing great. So that's when I began to do like a really big cleanup. So it was almost like reverse. Like I you know, rather than like Mm -hmm. getting rid of it all, I kind of experienced what it was like first and then began to remove the stuff. So what I did was I just 
literally got everything within a month. And um, a lot of the things that I had were sentimental items. They were technically mine, or sometimes they were like hand-me-downs from family members. And I gave them away without kind of running it by these other people that were involved in like part ownership of these items. Mm -hmm. And so long story short, I remember I, I had moved back to Australia and I was getting messages from my family being like, did you, Hey, where's like this item or like, because they, they also had rights to own that item. If that, that kind of, am I making sense? I think in that so. way? Yeah. So like, say it was, um, like this wasn't, this didn't happen because it sounds really harsh, but say it was a grandmother's necklace that right. like she'd given to my mom and my mom had given to me and my sister and right. We were both, both wearing it at the time or sharing it. And then I went out and just like, would have like tried to donate it or, or sell it or something. So I would just say like, if, um, if you can find a good home for it, uh, rather than just going straight to the donation part, which is kind of what I did, I kind of rushed through things because I was on a time mm. scale. But I think if I was to go back, I would really think about like some of the items that did have more meaning to them um, and consider like, okay, can I maybe just ask, you know, just a one-off ask of like, hey, do you want this before I am going to um, get rid of it? But I will say like the thing that a lot of people talk about in the minimalist space of just a reminder in regards to sentimental items, like as hard as they can be to get rid of, but if you know that they are no longer serving you, um, the memories aren't in the things, you know, yeah. we all know that saying like they're in us. And, and I really just try to remember that. And the last thing I will kind of say at the end here, don't feel as though you have to get rid of everything. Cause as I right. said, I was on the time limit and I thought I had to get rid of everything. And, um, you can keep that one bracelet or that one item that might not make sense, but even just something visually bringing joy to your life, like, like visually, like that's enough value for you to keep it in your life. Don't think that you have to be this hardcore minimalist. And as we were talking right. about earlier, it's like minimalism means something different to everyone. So kind of sit with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Get your mind around. Like if it means something to you, you can keep it right. I'm I know a lot of people ask me about like, well, what's clutter? What would you consider clutter? And it's like, well, if it's holding you back, then I'm going to consider it clutter. Mm. But if it's, mm -hmm. if it's not, if it's contributing to your life, it's, if it's making you happy, if you love seeing it, then keep it, you know, cause you mm -hmm. can, if later on that changes, you can then change too, right? Yep. You can then get rid of it later, but you can't mm -hmm. really get it back. But I don't also want to discourage people from letting things go. I think, you know, like, I think there's a moment where yeah. you're like, yes, I am completely satisfied with letting that go. It has no more value to me in my home. I want to give it to someone else. And maybe that is then giving it to a family member or a close friend or something where, you know, it will contribute to them. And that will make you feel amazing. It does feel amazing when that happens. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Another question that I get is how do you get your partner or spouse on board? So you talk about living with your partner. Do you have any <laughs> tips there? Was your partner also minimalist or uh, more so it, less so? Yeah. It's that, that question, like I, I'm not going to call out, but it is hard for me to answer oh. because I met my partner and while traveling. And so uh -huh. he values travel and freedom more than you know, Stuff. some having physical items, yeah. but I do just think about other relationships. I've lived with lots of other people. I would say just leave from example, like yeah. you can't ever convince someone to change. And often just by implementing and kind of like leading the way, 
and living your life that way, people will begin to notice the benefit that it's having to your life. And maybe they'll be curious about it. You know, then Mm -hmm. you can open the conversation. I've never convinced someone to change by telling them they need to change. Nope. It (laughs) never works. Does it? (laughs) (laughs) Never works. Even with your children, it never works. (laughs) They have to want to do it for it to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Emma, this has been fantastic. Where can people find you? So I know that people are going to listen to this and they're going to want to reach out and and listen to some of those episodes. So, uh, remind us again, the name of your podcast and where they can find you. Yeah. So my podcast is called the curious one. You can find me on all the podcasting platforms. So pick your favorites. And then I am minimalist with my social media use. and I only hang out on Instagram. So my handle is the same there. So it's at the curious one podcast. I love talking to people through there and like just connecting with strangers. I voice note random people all the time. So oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Super fun. All right. We'll check her out on there guys. Yeah. So you'll get a random voice message. <laughs> yeah. And then my favorite way to wrap up these interviews is with three rapid fire questions. Now, my first one is generally what does minimal minimalism mean to you? We already talked about that. So mm-hmm. instead, do you have a good nonfiction book you'd recommend? <laughs> So many. I read one recently. It was called Radical Acceptance by, I want to say Tara Bush, but don't quote me on that. Okay. It was unreal. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll I'll find it and we'll link to it. So, okay. What was that again? What's it called? Radical Acceptance. Radical Acceptance. Okay. That sounds amazing. It's an important message. (laughs) That sounds really amazing. Um, I could radically accept um, lots of lots of things about myself and then other people. That's great. Okay. Awesome. And then what is one of your favorite pieces of advice? It could be about minimalism, decluttering or life, anything that you maybe haven't shared yet that you'd like to share. This is a, this is my go-to. My dad always says it to me and it's question everything. Uh Um, yeah. And I wish that I questioned more situations while I entered them and kind of listened to my intuition more. So Oh, what a great message to get growing up. So good. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) And then the last one, what is making you happy right now or in this season of your life? So I told you at the beginning of the call, I just moved to the UK and I live in like a little seaside Northern town here. It's like out of a rom-com. And so (laughs) the birds here are on another level. And I honestly feel like the scenery is just sparkles extra while I'm here. So I live right by the sea. So I go and look at the sea like basically every day and it's, it's great. Oh, so nice. Oh, I love it. I love this time of year with the birds. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Awesome. Well, Emma, thank you so much. This has been really fun and I've really enjoyed getting to know you more and just talk on the show and yeah. Awesome. Thanks for a wonderful show. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. So what'd you think? I love how minimalism can mean so many different things to different people, and yet there is this common thread of wanting to be intentional about how we go about living this one life that we have on the planet. The other thing I loved about this episode was Emma's reverse take on minimalism and decluttering. So instead of pulling out things and getting rid of them, she removed herself from the belongings. And that gave her the fresh perspective to see that she really did not need all of the things she had in order to be happy after all. Now, I know that a lot of you listening to this are closer to my age, or at least to the stage of life I am in with kids at home and an established adult life, which means that you are not going to be keeping your things at your mom's house while you travel the world. Well, most likely not. Although I will say my husband and I did put all of our things in storage for a year 
twice to travel Europe with our daughter in tow. So it is possible if that is something that lights you up that you really want to do on this planet, we can get into that another time. Um, Let me know if that's something you're interested in and we can talk about it. But if this idea of reverse decluttering sounded interesting to you, well, you can start on a smaller scale. You can box everything up in your closet, except the clothes that you would take on a vacation to your city for the next month or two. And then when that time has passed, you can go back through those boxes with fresh eyes. It is a very interesting exercise to come back to things that you have packed up. And if you've never faced that situation, it could be just the thing that you need to jumpstart your efforts. So don't immediately turn that off. That might be something that would work for you. And you don't have to do it in your whole house. You could do it in one room. You could do it with one. I talk about zones a lot in my life um, in different areas of your home. So you could do it with just one type of, um, of item in your house, or you could do it in one room. You could do your whole house if you wanted. That gets a little bit more in depth, but it could be something that would work for you. So if you try it, please let me know. I would love to hear how it goes for you. So thanks again to Emma for joining us on the podcast today. And as always, thank you to you for joining me today too. If you made it this far, please consider leaving me a review on Apple Podcast. It makes my day and it helps me be able to book more guests on the show for you to discover and learn from. And since we're talking about Uh, reviews. I just want to share one that I got. I got a few this week that were just amazing, you guys. You're wonderful. And this one came from Untechsab. And the title is so worth your time. This person says, loving this podcast. Each episode is packed with great ideas. And the show notes on Deanna's website make it easy to follow through on what you learn with helpful links and suggestions. Thank you so much for leaving that review. It really does make my day. So you guys, don't forget, you can get those show notes. You can get the links to Emma's show, the episode we discussed, all the um, that book that she recommended, and it is all in the show notes. It's on my website at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 101. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 101. All right. Well, that wraps it up for today. I hope you have a fabulous day and I will see you back here next week where I will be doing a solo show discussing what clutter really is. So many people ask me about this and I, you know, I get it all the time. So I thought if I keep hearing it more than once, I really need to talk about it on the show. And you guys might be surprised by what I actually think clutter is. So make sure you don't miss it. I will see you here next week. I'm Deanna Yates and you've been listening to the Wannabe Minimalist Show. Cheers. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.